Vince20event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. If you haven't heard, there's now a way to get the Power T and the checkerboard on your license plate while supporting scholarships at Tennessee for the students at the same time. Official UT Knoxville license plates are now available from county clerk's offices across the state of Tennessee. $15 of your 35 annual specialty plate fee supports student scholarships. Talk to your county clerk or visit alumni.utk.edu for more information. The great Ben McKee, Measley Swain here. <laughs> And taking you to 10 a.m., two hours down, one to go. I want to go to the text box, and let's see here. John K., you ain't you ain't right. To my comma, throwing the first pitch like a Joe Milton go route. That ain't right. That ain't right. No, it that's that, but that's not even like a a true statement because at least Milton's balls go straight. McGregor's just it went didn't it, it go close to straight. It was it was by far the worst first pitch I've ever seen. Well, I don't know. I think it's there there's that one that that chick threw and hit the camera guy right in the lens, like right in front of her. To Con- me that one Connors was worse. worse. Connors ain't got no excuse, man. That's true. He's a professional athlete. Yeah, but just because you're a professional athlete doesn't mean you know how to do other things. You should be able to throw a baseball better than that. Yeah, but he fights people. That's, He's that's an different athlete. Than, I don't care if you... There's different levels of athleticism. There's different traits of, of being athletic. He obviously does not have the hand-eye coordination athletic trait. I hope he would if he's a fighter. All, all you got to do is beat people up. No, it's a lot more than that. That's now. different than throwing a football or a baseball, shooting a basketball. Listen, I watched Old Vince St. Prue train, and I had a whole different appreciation for that sport <laughs> and the type of athleticism you got to have. Um, you should be able to throw a baseball. I don't care if you're a NASCAR driver or uh, you know a golfer. I don't care what type of athlete you are. And some people will say NASCAR drivers are not athletes. I disagree. I think they are. But to throw a baseball that poorly, Connor, Connor, that's bad. I'm not saying that he's not athletic because that's obviously not true. He is very athletic. You have to have some level of athleticism to do what he does. But there are different types of athletic, and he he he, he don't have the look at this throw, man. He hit <laughs> now, the wall. Did you? The funny part is the he hit the wall, man. Well, the funny part are the two people sitting behind the wall. It like scared them. <laughs> it made them jump. They're like, "Wait, what happened?" Watch the people's reaction. <laughs> like they, it, it startled them. This is this this throw is worse than Fifty Cent's throw. It's worse than Fifty Cent's. Is bad. But here's the thing that I'll give Connor credit for. He put some steam behind it. 50s was was just weak. At least McGregor put some steam behind it. Now, that is how he and Joe Milton are, are similar, is that they just <laughs> throw it as hard as they can. They just don't know where it's going to go. 
Fifties was lazy. McGregor at least put some. <laughs> Tony Kingsport said he must have seen Machine Gun Kelly sitting in the stands. <laughs> Volstrom says Ben is right. The, the mechanics are different. Still, but that that look at the throw, Volstrom. I'm not I'm not asking just because you're an athlete to throw a strike straight down the middle. I'm not expecting that, but I am expecting you not to throw it 20 feet over the pitcher's head and hit the wall where the where the fans in the stands have to jump. And move because they're afraid you're going to hit them. Like that's, I don't think that's too much to ask. I appreciate the umph behind the throw. That that shows me some <laughs> athleticism. 50, 50 lacked the the umph. But point being, it's a it's a big L. Connor took a big L, a bigger L than Poirier could even give him again. Connor's been taking a lot of those, man. Yeah, he needs to bank count good though. Bank count is taking some dubs. Oh, it, it's a. A constant dub. Uh, let's see. BC, BC1 Cam says black cleats puts a clear difference in the replays for out of bounds. That's the only plus I've seen. Pitfall asked, uh, you still think Hendon makes those turnovers if he was a starting quarterback? It takes all the first team reps in practice. Um, He would be the first team quarterback if he had not turned over. The ball over as much. So, yes, is, is the flat out answer because it that was a decision. That the interception was a decision. It didn't really matter who was first team and who was second team. That was a decision that he made. He failed to see uh, the coverage like he was supposed to see it. Um, the fumble against Tennessee Tech don't matter if you you know if you're going with the first team offense, second team offense, third string third string offense. You basically went up against a third-string defense in Tennessee Tech and fun with the football. Like, turning the football over is something that scares coaches. And for Hendon, that's that's really the only reason why he wasn't named to start at the beginning. And that's something that he has to manage and not let be a problem this weekend uh, if Tennessee's going to have a chance to win this game. So, Well, in taking the last half-full approach, the good news is that the two fumbles against – against Tennessee Tech should be pretty easy to clean up. On the one where he got drilled on his knee, slide. Slide. I that's that's what you did wrong in that situation. Like I can understand why the ball came out with the way that your knee got hit, but why are you in a position to allow your knee to get hit like that in in the first place? Get out of bounds or slide. And and if you do that, then then you're not going to take a nasty hit like you did. That's that's going to unfortunately contort your body to where the ball's going to come out as a natural reactor. So just slide in in those situations. And then the other one was just a miscommunication between he and I, I think it was Tyon Evans. I, I I don't know who's at fault there. I guess only Tyon and and Hendon. I wouldn't even count that one. No, well, I mean, those are the only two turnovers he had against Tennessee Tech. I was talking about, was talking about from other games, too. I was talking about the pitch, a fumble. Because yeah, yeah. he, he had two fumbles against Tennessee Tech. He technically only had one turnover yeah, because yeah. Tennessee recovered the miscommunication. I, I don't know who the miscommunication was on. It's on both of them, but I don't know if Tyon was more in the wrong or if Hendon was in the wrong. It looked like It looked like Tyon – thought that Hendon was, was going to keep it and looked like Hendon thought that Tyon was going to take it. So I, I don't know how they 
iron out that kink. That's just them sitting down and talking, it would seem. Yeah, that's um you know, you put the ball in the belly of the running back and the and the um running back is supposed to clamp down but not take it. Not take it until the quarterback lets go. Well, Tyon felt like, all right, man, the ball's in the belly, and you know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not clamping down on it yet. And so what happened was, you know, Hendon rolled that <clears throat> that fake longer than maybe you would normally ride it. Because go look at that Florida Alabama two point conversion. Like Emory was riding that fake the whole time, three four yards. Yeah, that the running back was was in the hole. And he couldn't take it out because the running back had already clamped down on it. Because after a certain time, you're like, man, come on, the quarterback ain't gonna take it back, you know, at this point. And so um, the running backs, excuse me, Tyon didn't clamp down. Hendon um, wasn't gonna pull it and tried to give it late. And that's why the ball hit the ground. It was a fumble. So, yeah, you're right, though. That's, that's, that is running back coach, that is quarterback's coach. Uh, along with Tyon, along with Hendon, in practice working working on that mesh point uh, and fixing that. That should be an easy, quick fix right there. John K. from South Carolina says, a marketing major or intern was so proud of themselves for getting Richardson's flip, but then get shooed out by Dan Mullen afterwards. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Uh, Randy and San Antonio says, do you think we will see the double pass? Pitt scored on one, uh, and Tech could have, but the receiver was overthrown. Tennessee is yet to show that they, you know, covered that thing. I was thinking the same thing, Randy. I mean, had a wide-open touchdown to the Pitt tight end, and then Pitt had a wide-open receiver running, and the the throw was overthrown because – the pursuit got to uh, the throwing receiver as soon as he caught the ball. So he didn't have really t- enough time to set his feet and deliver the football with accuracy. So, yeah, I, I think Tennessee will see some type of double pass because we have yet to to um, to stop it or to cover it. Uh, BC1, Cam says, what's wrong with doing the following? Starting Theo over Tank, then flipping Tank and Beasley to start Tank at linebacker. I think Tank is better suited to be a coverage linebacker than a DB of sorts. So you're going to put Theo at safety. You're going to put Jalen uh, McCullough at linebacker. You're going to flip Tank and Beasley. So you can put Beasley at DB? You can put Beasley at safety? Tank is definitely a, a a better tackler than he is in coverage. His lack of athleticism gets him in trouble often. And I hate that for him because he seems like a real good guy and works hard. And you want him to be successful. But he, he's Micah Abernathy 2.0. Just lacks athleticism that is needed at the SEC level, and it and it gets him in trouble often. He looked good against Tennessee Tech. He had two big time pass breakups where he read 
the pass over the middle of the field and broke on it extremely well and batted the ball into the air or into the ground and broke up the pass. But it's Tennessee Tech. Can he do it this weekend against Florida when he's lined up in the the swamp against a Gators receiver? That, that's much different than a Tennessee Tech receiver. And that's and that's that's the point right there. If you're Tim Banks, man, you got to try to prevent Taylor um, McCullough to be in any situations where he's guarding a receiver. Tight end, okay, that's different. Um, but you don't want him guarding a receiver. So um, if he does, man, you hope that defensive lineman – reaches up and tips a pass, or you, or you hope that it's an inaccurate pass. Um, and sometimes you're, you're matched up against someone that you shouldn't be. Sometimes in basketball, man, pick and roll, and, oh, my gosh, Uros is guarding a point guard on the perimeter. You don't want that. But if the, if the, if the point guard misses it, you're like, whoo, whoo, we dodged that Dodge, bullet. Dodged the bullet. <laughs> whoo, we dodged that one. So sometimes that happens. You get, you get matched up against someone – and uh, you just hope that the other team doesn't capitalize. And you don't want Theo moving because you don't want Slaughter playing nickel. I did not think Slaughter played that well against Tennessee Tech. I, I did not. Missed tackles. Uh, the, the deep ball at the end of the game that Tennessee Tech completed. Did you know that Tennessee Tech completed a deep ball in its last possession with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter? Uh, it was because Danico Slaughter got beat in the slot. And he ran right past them, so I didn't. I didn't think Slaughter had a a good game on Saturday against Tech, from at least what I saw on the TV broadcast. So you you don't want Slaughter in there playing nickel. So you don't you don't want to move Theo McCullough too light in the pants to play linebacker right now. Yeah, you're not making those moves mid season anyways. So the what-if scenario game, which sometimes is fun to play. But in this case, like, it's not realistic because you're not, you're not throwing weight on a person midseason. You're doing that in the offseason. So I, that, just wouldn't, that just wouldn't happen. You just, you just play to a player's strengths and make sure you stay away from a player's weaknesses. And so if you are Florida, you find ways to match up Jalen McCullough in space against, against one of your wide receivers. That's the name of the game. Let's get to – the Iris Network's hotline, and uh, let's get to Mitch. Mitch, good morning. Good morning, Swain. How are you doing? Man, wonderful. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, you know, I was wondering the same thing. Or Do you think that either Beasley, Mitchell, Banks, you know, Paige, do you think that those guys are quick enough to be the spy on either one of those quarterbacks? Not really. You know, if I, you know I don't think you want – Emory Jones in space one on one with any of, the, of our linebackers. I don't think you want that. And right. you know, if you're pursuing the football like like a defense is supposed to, then hopefully you won't be in those situations. But Emory, he's a, like he's he's really elusive. He's quick. Right. He's fast. I mean, that's that's he's a good player um, when it comes to running the football. He, he still has to prove himself as a passer. So no, I, I don't like that matchup. Right. I think it's you know we're just gonna have to staff. Stack the box, keep contained, and make him beat us throwing. But that's uh, that's, the, that's what I would do. My other question is, you know, our, uh, we've not been able to run the ball since Bowling Green. Do you think that this weekend that we might see two running backs in the backfield at the same time with, you know, a dual threat quarterback 
like Small and uh, Evans lined up in the backfield together. I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know if two running backs would be the solution on not being able to run the football. That's more of an offensive line deal. Right, I, I, I know they talked about it. Uh, you know, or I'd heard somebody mention it. You know, like probably back in spring or what have you. And I was just like, you know, I didn't know if we could catch one on a swing pass or what. But uh, well, yeah, that's, I mean, we we just got to come up with some way to run the football. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I would look at if you have both those running backs in is being able to run maybe double screens. You can run double right. screens, you know, and, and have your line split up, have a screen to, screen to the right, screen to the left, and the quarterback kind of picks his poison of which side he wants to go to. I mean, you can you can certainly do that with both running backs being in and, and you know, throw a wrinkle at Florida. But – Having both running backs in, I don't think is the remedy for the for the running game. That's getting the push up front. I do think the what can help us run the football is a dirty jersey Hendon Hooker, and I think that's right. what it's going to take. It's going to take Hendon Hooker. It's going to take you know the, the 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 equipment team up here in Tennessee to have to use the special bleach to get the stains out of our white white jerseys, uh, the number five white jersey. Because I think for us to be able to run the football and have success. It's going to be Hendon running the ball as much or more yeah. as the running backs. Right. That's what I'm expecting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, love the show. I'll talk to y'all later. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks so much for the phone call, Mitch. You know what's crazy, Ben? Looking at the Florida crowd Saturday when they play Alabama, what did you notice about that crowd? Uh, that it was empty at the top. And it still drew the fifth largest crowd in stadium history. Ain't that weird? It's because their fans are overrated. That's weird to me, man. That is so weird to me. 865-255-03. We'll take a quick timeout. Hour 3 is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Be right back. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. 
Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com Good morning, Swain Event crew. As the weather heats up, so does our market. And from Johnson City to Knoxville, eager buyers are grabbing up many available properties. The chili is hot in East Tennessee, so if you are ready to buy or sell or want to talk more about our local real estate market, I'm just a phone call away. Or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. 
I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Home service problems occur even at the most inconvenient times, like during a health crisis. And Hiller is always here to help you 24-7. As people are social distancing and staying at home on workdays, it's an easier time to take care of home maintenance items that you feel are necessary. And we've put new safety precautions in place, like wearing gloves, avoiding physical contact, new sanitation protocols, and limiting time in your home. We're here for you. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Swain event fueled by Dan Barbecue, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Hiller is offering credits towards new upgrades. You can trade in your old HVAC unit and earn up to $1,500 in credit towards a new select system. You can also upgrade your standard water heater to a tankless water heater and earn up to $500 with your trade. Uh, trade in your old electrical panel for a new electrical panel and earn fifth, uh, excuse me, $500 in credit for the old one. Hiller's work is backed by their happy you will be or service is free guarantee. Hiller's technicians are continuing to take measures to keep you and your family safe and healthy on every single call. Proud sponsors of the National Predators. Tennessee Volunteers, and Vanderbilt. And? The Swain event. That and should the be the third one. In the Swain event. Proud sponsors of the Nashville Predators, the Tennessee Volunteers, Vanderbilt. In the Swain event. <laughs> in the Swain event. You're ridiculous. Oh, man. 865-255-03. Let me go back to the text box. The butler. Matthew Butler. They call him the butler. I like that. Oh, man. The butler. 
everybody, everybody has a nickname. What was your nickname on your on your baseball team being in high school? Ben. Of course, Ben. I uh, I didn't really have a nickname. My uh, only nickname I ever had was B Mac. That was because that's a nickname. Yeah, but that wasn't in high school. That was middle school when my best friend's name was also Ben, and so to differentiate between me and his son. My friend's dad called me B Mac, so he should have called the other. He should have called his son B Mac. I like B Mac. Uh, Louisiana Voss is is hidden starting. I think our best chance is with Joe. He has the arm. He just needs to prove the accuracy a little bit more. Yeah, I think I think you know I think you're gonna need both quarterbacks to be honest. Unless Hendon comes out and plays his best college game of his career. Uh, throwing the football and running the football. He has to have a, a Josh Dobbs S performance like 2015. I think for Tennessee have a chance, but uh, I don't know who's starting. Um, I've, I've simply just shared what I would do. Um, Which is? Uh, start hitting hooker. Chip Payne says, where on the world is D. Beckwith besides being on the milk carton? He on the team, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about D Beckwith. He'll be in Knoxville this weekend. Here's the thing about D Beckwith, dude. <clears throat> and I got like I got somebody from my hometown that reached out to me. And was like, "Yo, uh, what's up with D Beckwith?" <laughs> like, what? Yeah, what's up with D Beckwith? He stinks. I won't. I, I ain't gonna say all that. I'm I'm exaggerating. But something is something is up. The reason why something is up is because he is 6'5", he is 225, and I don't care where he is on the depth chart, offense, defense, it just doesn't really matter. But he's not even on special teams. That's the most alarming thing to me. Not that he's not on... You know, gotten a carry at running back. Usually the fourth string running back, usually the fourth string linebacker or DB or whatever, it's understandable that if you're, you know, you may be young and you, it hasn't clicked yet on offense, defense, there's a lot of plays, a lot of responsibilities. Special teams, there's not that many. So for him not to be even, to be on special teams, guys, it's something that he is not doing right as a football player inside the program right now. Something is off if he's not even on the special teams because he should be a special teams warrior like yeah. an Omar Gaither was before he got his starting position at linebacker. Like an OG. Like a – exactly. Like a, like a Jalen Rees-Maben was early in his career. Like that's like what – Christian Charles is right now. Yes, that's what – D. Beckford should be doing. He should be a special teams warrior. He should be the best special teams player that we have. And he's not out there, and that raises the antenna. Here, here was, here's my question about being a special teams warrior, though, and it feeds into the coach's perspective Ooh. of the situation. What position on special teams is he going to play at six foot five, and maybe not the, the best speed in the world? 
Um, like uh, uh, he he can he can be on punt team. He can block right down the line and then run down the field and go make a tackle. Yeah, I just I, I'm with you. I, I just think the the biggest issue with D Beckwith is that this coaching staff doesn't know how to utilize him. He's, is that the coach's fault or his? I don't know. I'm not. I, when I say that, I'm definitely not putting blame on the the coaching staff. I'm I'm definitely not doing that. So I, I guess it would be his his problem, or just simply what he wasn't born with. And I mean, there, there's really nothing that he he can do about not being born with a particular our skill set. I'm not saying that he's handling it. his his business properly and it's just not working out. I'm not saying that at all. I agree with you. I'm just saying from the coach's standpoint, like you just addressed from the player's standpoint and why he's not playing because he's not fulfilling all his responsibilities. Something has to be up. Correct. From a coach's vantage point, they see a guy who's not physical enough to play tight end or on defense. They see a guy who's not quick enough or has the skill set to – to be a receiver, and they they don't view him as a guy that they feel good enough to put at running back yet. So he's he's a tweener that the coaching staff doesn't know what to do with. He still can play special teams. Yeah, I know. There ain't no reason sure. why he can't play special teams. Yeah, because he I mean, he is athletic. It's just his level of athleticism. Is it good enough to play running back in the SEC, play receiver in the SEC? And I don't think that Tennessee's coaches – Feel like that is so. That's so he's, I mean, he's a tweener. I, I understand well, well, that. when people ask, "Where's D Beckwith?" That that's the problem. Well, the problem. Well, the problem. Staff doesn't know where to put him, and and he's probably not doing everything on his end to to contribute in any way, like on special teams, like you said. Like when people ask, like, "Where's D Beckwith?" They're not asking, like, at least I think they're not asking, like, "Oh, what, where is he on office defense?" Bro, they haven't seen him on the field at all. Well, I've seen slick little comments. He, he is the running back version of Harrison Bailey. He is. Because I, I have seen slick little comments of, if only we had a running back that that Tennessee could, could get the ball to, things like that. Tennessee needs to be using D. Beckwith. Why isn't Tennessee using D. Beckwith? Can't wait for D. Beckwith to transfer elsewhere and be the next Tennessee transfer that balls out elsewhere. Can't wait to see D. Beckwith make it to the league and then remember how underutilized he was at Tennessee. Like, folks are making those comments. Yo, he's not – guys, if you're making those comments, you can stop because he's not playing on special teams. And that should tell you right there that something is up. Yes. Athletes and, and guys that can be trusted, guys that are doing things right, they play on special teams. Even if they can't play – on offense, defense, you put them on special teams, and to me, some, something, 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 and, and, something's up there, man. Yeah, there, there's All no right. reason he should not be on special teams. I would encourage people to just not continue to get caught up on on D Beckwith. I, I think it is best to move on. Just just like it is with Harrison Bailey, it's probably best to to move on mentally from. From D Beckwith, because unless something drastic changes, you're not going to see him on the football field anytime soon, and maybe ever at Tennessee. Yep, yep. Um, let's go to the phones. We've got Jay. Jay, good morning. Well, Swain, uh, you know, you you sit next to Matthew Butler, man. He looks like your Paul. 
Grown man, ain't he? That, yeah, he looked like your pappy over there. I, I, hey, I was I was on him too, man. Pap pap. I was I was looking him up and down too. I was like, yeah, he he big old boy. <laughs> he big old boy. I, I was looking he at his biceps. Yeah, I was looking at his biceps. I was checking him out. I was like, dang, he's grown <laughs> man. He 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 grown man now. He's intimidating. Yeah, Deep he voice, was. straight face. Oh yeah, yeah. He looked like he's about to take Swain under his wing and give him some fatherly advice or something. Hey, <laughs> I almost asked for allowance. <laughs> oh man, that's 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 crazy. Uh, hey, hey guys, what do y'all think about uh, Heupel's offense so far? And, and really, like his schemes, his X and O's, Swain. You know that stuff better than I do. And Ben, I'm probably I'm sure you do as well. Uh, what, what do y'all think about this? Just Offense from a schematic point so far. Do you say Ben or Swain or both? Ben and Swain. I, I thought you ben said Ben. You said Ben first, right? I heard Swain first. Who, I heard no. I said Swain first. I said Swain. You you know this stuff obviously. And who do you want to answer the question ben first, public. Jay? Whoever, whoever. Oh, uh, you got to decide. Whoever. You want me to answer first uh, or right, Ben? You go first. You go first, Swain, hmm. and then Ben will go second. How about that? Hmm. Thanks, thanks, Jay. Hmm. Um. Hollywood. And I was talking to, some, to someone about this last night, actually. I know about Heupel's success offensively in previous stops. What he's done in Missouri. What he has done at Central Florida. And I take that in consideration when answering the question here, Jay. But through mm-hmm. the first three games, I'm like, meh, right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, that's just me being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not down on it, and I damn sure ain't overly excited doing backflips about it because I haven't seen anything to make me do backflips. Now, the first two possessions against Bowling Green, whoo, how man, I almost fell out my tweeting. yeah, I almost fell out of my chair like Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. But since then, I've been like. I don't know. I need to see more. And is it because we we need some dudes? We need more dudes. This is Josh Heupel's first season after losing 30 dudes in a transfer portal and trying to patch up the the boat with a bunch of other transfers that didn't work out at previous schools. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm keeping my expectations in check. I I really am, but I just I just haven't seen enough on offense to where I'm overly excited right now. And, again, I understand where we are from a roster standpoint, and I, I'm i surprised we're sitting here saying the defense right now is ahead of the offense. Mm. So that's that's my mm. honest take on it. What about you, Ben? Uh, I thought I would be in love with it by this point, and I'm not. I don't, I don't mm. dislike it. I'm not down on it. I, I feel very similar to Swain. Uh, and no, he did not tell me to to say that, <laughs> as, as some people like to to say that is the case. I just I I don't know how much I like the simplicity of it. I, I think it's a mm-hmm. little too simplistic, and, and I mean that's not a bad thing as long as it it works. But I well, you know, I, I'd like to, to see more. I, I guess I, I I don't I don't like how they don't use the the intermediate part of the field. I, I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't like that. And maybe it's just the Three-game sample size, too small of a sample size, and maybe they they incorporate that. 
but it, it seems like it's deep shot mm-hmm. or run play or, or get it out quickly to a, a receiver on some type of receiver screen. And that that just seems a, a, a little too simplistic. Mm. Well, who, who's the guy that does the games with Kessling now? Is it Jeff Francis? Pat no, Ryan. It's Pat Ryan. Pat Ryan, Pat Ryan. and Kessler. Pat Ryan was basically saying kind of the same things you were saying, Ben. And he said, I don't even know how you could go down the middle of the field in, from an intermediate route because he said it would take forever to set up because the receivers are so far out on the hash marks, mm-hmm. you know, because of how they set the receivers up. He said it'd take forever just to get down in the middle of the field. But The um, receiver splits are, are extremely wide and – and those who know football way better than I do, college level and NFL, just hearing them talk about uh, receivers uh-huh. being split out so wide, that it's not a, a popular thing yeah. to do. Uh, I, I hear people question Mike Leach kind of about the, the wide splits and it, and it working in this league as, as well. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how that works. Well, you know, that was a knock on a lot of the guys that was coming out of, like, the Baylor system uh, when Art Bryles was there, and they were trying to transfer to the NFL game. And, uh, you know, they would criticize. They said the playbook was paper thin and the offense was too simplistic, and these Baylor guys had a tough time transitioning to the NFL. And, you know, you guys know that. Good recruiters will find anything. They'll use that against us. Um They'll try to find anything they can use against another school. But, you know, I kind of wonder about that as well. I wonder, you know, if we are hitting on the deep balls more, um, do people feel different, you know, oh, if we're connecting on more of these deep balls. but That is the point of the offense. You know, I, well, yeah. I, yeah. yeah well, would I have a different opinion like, if they were more what, successful? Well, hell yeah, I would. But even well, I mean, like we don't have a quarterback, Swain. I mean, so is it is it the offense? Is it's hypo? Because see, here's the thing. Here's what I noticed: we're getting guys open. It, it always used to be, well, our receivers can't get open. Well, our guys are getting open now. It looks like to me, at least watching it on TV, on we don't deep have routes. So it on, seems on the like the routes, offense. Yeah. Is, it seems like the offense is working. We don't have a quarterback that can get the ball to the guys. So. It does seem like maybe what Heupel's calling from an X's and O's standpoint is working. It's just we don't have a quarterback that can give him the ball. Well, when you're not when you're not able to hit the deep shots, do you continue to throw them and, and, and continue to throw incomplete passes, or do you say, it, "Hey, it's like a team that wants to shoot a bunch of threes and yeah. can't hit the three ball." Okay, so like if 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 you know, let's take that Pittsburgh game for example. Do you continue mm-hmm. to throw deep shots, deep shot after deep shot after they are falling incomplete? Or do you say, hey, let's no. just let's just run a curl, and you know, we took our deep shot. Let's run a curl. Let's you know, let's run a, let's run a dig. Let's run a comeback. Let's let's try to do some you know different things, and then let's come back to that. But I think when you start bumping your head against the wall over and over and over, and you keep trying to do it, then you ask yourself, okay, well, is this is this it? Is it going to be boom or bust? It doesn't have to be because you can throw other routes. You can do other things. So that's kind of where I am. Where. Mm-hmm. I understand we got to take deep shots. We got to have explosive plays because our offense is not built to go 11, 12, 15 play drives consistently. I understand that. My only thing is, all right, well, if what's going to happen if we don't hit deep shots against uh, against Florida Saturday? 
Are we going to just say either we're running screens or, or deep shots? Or are we going to try to do anything else? And through three games, uh, I haven't seen much of that. So is it because two of those three games have been against, you know, uh, piss poor competition? Or is it because of what we do? So a lot of it is questions that are unanswered. That's why when you ask me about my opinion of the offense, it's just mm-hmm. how I feel right now. And I understand that Hypo has had success previously um, before his stop at Tennessee. So I take that in consideration. I take that into account. Well, Swain, has has the idea, or Ben, you two, or has the thought ever popped in your head yet of, of gimmick, the word gimmick, that what we're doing is kind of a gimmicky offense? No. No, I don't look at it as gimmicky. Because you can, you can say – you can say that the triple option is gimmicky. It's what you do. I mean, it's what you do. If it works, it works. It's what you do. There's different ways to skin a cat. So you can go pro style. You can go, you know, triple option. You can go fast pace, up tempo. At the end of the day, it's about executing and and getting the right guys that can carry out what you want to do. So I don't I don't look at it as gimmicky. That's I, just me. I I do think it's gimmicky. Well, I remember having this conversation in July. Early August, somebody called in and asked if if the tempo was was t- uh, a gimmick to to help the offense succeed, and I, I think it is because they're, they're using that one thing to to be successful. But I also don't think it's a, a bad thing if it is a gimmicky offense. Who cares if it is as long as it works? That, so that's that's my thought on it. In that case, then every time an offense does a two man drill, they are in gimmick mode. No. You're in two-minute drill because there's not a ton of time on the clock and you're trying to put up points on the board. But the, the, the tempo is meant to confuse the defense. The tempo is meant to put pressure on the defense and, and having trouble lining up and substituting. Yes, forcing so in like, the mental errors. So, like, when you, when you see a team go two-minute and after not being able to move the football, but they go two-minute, you're like, dang, they're moving the football now. Well, it's because – you know, they're forcing defense to have to line up real quickly, real quick, and they can't substitute. So then you're like, all right, well, let's let's just keep up the two-minute, you know, tempo. And then that team is successful offensively. So I look at it as, okay, this team is running a two-minute drill the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they're doing. And I remember when Butch Jones' offense the first year was called gimmicky because we, all we did was run a bunch of reverses to pick Howard. But it was the same offense when Dobbs was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was the same offense when Josh Malone was a year older. And you started getting, you know, Alvin Kamara in here, and he was a year older. Like, the offense has been kind of the same. The philosophies were the same the whole time Bush Jones was here. But the difference is the players. The players are different. The players are different. Yeah. The the definition of a gimmick is a trick or device intended to attract attention. And, I mean, I think that sums up the tempo. It is it is a, a trick intended to attract attention. Clear, but just man. because, it, again, just like I, I think there's a, a negative connotation to, to being a gimmicky offense. Like I, I don't think that just because you are using something like tempo – which can I can understand somebody thinking that it is a a gimmick like that that don't mean it's a bad thing who like who again who cares if it works who cares if it works and I mean to a certain extent the Tennessee does lack players not to a certain extent I mean that's a big part of the first three games of the season um, Tennessee does lack the players to to make this offense 
go. The quarterback position has not been figured out. The offensive line lacks depth, talent, and is banged up. I don't think Tennessee's very high on, on its receivers room from top to bottom. Uh, the, the running backs, I like the running backs, but what, what good are running backs if, if the O-line can't push a Tennessee Tech defensive front and, and open up some holes for them? I, I When I watched, I, I saw more issues with the offensive line missing assignments <laughs> than a running back not making somebody miss or, or not seeing a hole, not having good vision and, and making something happen. So, I'm I'm not underwhelmed with the offense at, at all. Like I, I don't dislike it. I mean it, it it's I mean they've scored more than you're thirty not, points. Oh, you're in not every underwhelmed. Game. No, I'm not underwhelmed. Okay, let's let's go to the. But final. I'm also not overwhelmed. Like I'm just kind of in wait and see mode. You I, you, I mean, you haven't expected more from this offense. I mean, they've scored more than 30 each game. Have you not expected more from all, from the offense three games? But it, it's not from a, an offensive scheme point that I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed because I expected more of Joe Milton So you're underwhelmed if you're disappointed. <laughs> I'm, but I'm not underwhelmed with Josh Heupel's offense, which was the question. I'm underwhelmed with Joe Milton's performance within Josh Heupel's offense. Okay. Let's go to the phones. Well, we did have triple O, but it looks like he dropped off. Who's next? Nobody. That was Jay listening. Triple O and two. Can't even wait two minutes. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> he was J- fired up, too. J.D. Vall says, damn, Ben, you had me Googling it, too. Got J.D. Vall's over here Googling uh, what gimmick means. Uh, Rod Lowe says, I just think it's built on math and space. If you if you play going in uh, – You got. You gonna have to. You gonna have to probably re, repost that Rod Lowe. Uh, Coach Vall says, "Unless improve, this offense will not help you win big in the SEC. Simple as that." Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, if 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 Tennessee was ran a pro style offense right now and failed to connect in the passing game, we could say the same thing. We could say the same thing. Because at the end of the day, it really gets back to the fundamentals, which is blocking, tackling, catching, throwing. That's what it gets back to at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what offense you run. At the end of the day, it always goes back to the fundamentals. Blocking, tackling, catching, throwing, protecting the football, kicking. Like It goes back to – Kicking? It goes back to the game maxims. You can take the game maxims and apply it to any era – any offense, it doesn't matter because it's really about the fundamentals at the end of the day. All right, let's get to Joe and Augusta, who is definitely a better phone call and more patient than Triple O. <laughs> Joe, good morning. good morning. What's going on, gentlemen? What's up? What's up? What's up? All right, so what right. I think Ben was trying to say is, you know, and I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm not disappointed in the play calling so much. It seems like the plays would work. And it seems like at times they've been in position for the plays to work, but the execution is not there. It's like it's like they're in the right spot, but they're not holding their mouth right or something. You know what I mean? You, you know exactly what you need to do. You're prepared to do it, and you just don't get it done. And that's what it feels like Ben was trying to say. Like, you know, we're not 
really overwhelmed or underwhelmed, just kind of whelmed because it's like we're almost there when it comes to making these plays. And, you know, we've got receivers open, that sort of thing. And it's like they're just not executing. Then uh, does that sound kind of where you were? No, I'm I'm like I'm I'm right there with y'all. When I answered Jay's question, I said, you know, I'm not like I'm not down on offense. I'm not like uh, overly excited because I know what hype was done before he's gotten here. He just hasn't done it here yet, and maybe it's because you know he hasn't he he doesn't have the dudes yet. So like I understand that you know it's, it's only three yeah, games but- under our belt, but you know I I'm I'm not disappointed or underwhelmed so to speak i'm just like i'm just kind of taking it all in and i just understand it's been it's been it's only it's only been three games uh and i know that they need dudes i understand what's going on with the offensive line with the depth and so um i haven't moved to oh this offense ain't gonna work here or oh this offense is definitely gonna work here i just haven't come to that conclusion and and I feel you there. The um, you, you know, it it feels like maybe at times they're trying to do too much. I uh, I had a coach that was he actually had coached in AAA, uh, baseball, and he used to tell us he's like, look, man, you know, I, I know, and you guys are trying to get double plays here, there, stuff like that. He says, I I don't care about any of that. He says, make the first play, and and I think maybe we're not making the first play. You know, we're not making the first block. You know, we're, we're trying to get out to the second and third block and stuff, and, and we're not executing the first part. And I think if we simplify a little bit more, then, you know, maybe we'll be all right. Um, the, the pit game concerns me, man. I mean, they're I don't feel like they're any more talented than us. I don't feel like they're, you know, a better team than we are. I know they're a little bit more experienced with their coaching staff and that sort of thing, being there longer than ours. But that, you know, at home, that's not a game that we should lose. And and that that gives me some pause about everything. And and I'm I do not feel good about Saturday. I'll tell you that. But well, that's what I got. Man, thank, thank you, Joe. You. Appreciate it. I mean, hey, there's folks that feel like this too simple. If you get any more simple. I mean, you probably might have a, a Tecmo Bowl play, playbook from Nintendo back in the day when Bo Jackson was the best player in the team. If you get any more simple, I guess. Um, but and tell me if I'm wrong on the text box, Joe. I think what you were trying to say is instead of trying to throw the deep shots so much, it's okay to get a six-yard gain, seven-yard gain here, five-yard gain, ten-yard gain here. But in the same breath, I would say you got to hit those explosive plays too. You got you to have it. But the conversation would be totally different if we would have connected on some of those shots in the first two or three games. And um, they're going to continue to practice it. And if you continue to practice it, you're going to hit it. Like you're, it's going to translate. We're talking a few inches here. A few feet here on on a throw uh, from Hooker, on a throw, you know, a couple throws from Milton. Yes, Milton had a couple throws that was, you know, on a different planet as a receiver. But not all of his throws have been like like that. So you continue to work on it. It's 
it's going to connect. If you keep practicing, it's going to translate. It will. So Hard not to watch the guys get open like uh, Jay was saying uh, against Pittsburgh and not be excited about the play calling. Yo, ain't nothing wrong the play calling now. That's why it's just so many questions, man, because you see the play calling, you see the design, guys are getting open, but you're not seeing the execution. And you do know that you got a lot of transfers in here trying to plug in holes. So that's why, like, man, the the, the, the verdict is still out on you know, offense. Everyone's trying to, like, come to these conclusions and make these hot takes based on three games. Tennessee needs more talent. That's really what it is. Yep. <laughs> that's what it really comes down to. Bush Jones had the same offense all all those years, man. Same philosophy, but it, it came down to the players. And the players were just better at 14, 15, and 16. Simple as that. So, Coach Vaughn says, simplify more? How much more simple can it get? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm with you, Coach Vaughn. It's pretty simple now. So, that's why they're able to go as fast as they uh, are going. So, uh, Rod Lowe, man. I'm going to copy your message, and uh, we will hit that first thing in the morning. We are out of time for Ben McKee. I'm Jason Swain. Peace and love. We are out.